Paragimel Mishnah Beis. Mishnah continues to list examples of where the Rabbanon imposed a stringency in terms of the level of protection from Tumen necessary for the purpose of Kodesh, if one wants to handle Karbanos, versus person who wants to maintain ritual purity for the sake of having Truma. So we have another such stringency, which is a Kalim Hanig Marin Betahara regarding utensils which were vigilantly guarded by a qualified person from the moment the manufacturing of the utensil was complete, which is the moment that the utensil becomes susceptible, it's even impossible, for it to contract ritual impurity. So here we know for a fact that no Timosaurus was introduced, came into contact with this utensil from the moment that it became susceptible to Tumma. The Rabbanan decreed that nevertheless, Tzrichen Tfila Lakodesh, you want to put a piece of carbon in the utensil, you have to immerse it first. For with regards to Kodesh, the Rabbanon required us to be concerned for the remote possibility that maybe a person who was Tame as a Zav, he had a bodily mission that makes him on a level of Tama such that his bodily secretions are a source of Tama. And the Ame Haaretz, people who are careful with the laws of Tama, are presumed to be in a state of a Zav. Maybe this person went and spit on the utensil in question while it was being manufactured. At that time, it wasn't being vigilantly guarded, even though in the middle of the manufacturing process, we said it's not susceptible to Tumma, but maybe, maybe by the time it was completed, the saliva hadn't dried up yet, still moist, in which case the moment the utensil is completed, it would contract Tumma from that saliva. Who knows, maybe this happened, so to cover that possibility, if a person wants to use the utensil with a piece of carbon, he has to first immerse it in the mikvah. Of a lola truma, the Rabbana never imposed any such decree in the case where a person wants to use this utensil with truma. But the standard for truma is not as stringent. Another stringency of Kodesh over truma is that hakli mitzarif mashibisoho la Kodesh. If there are separate and distinct pieces of food in some utensil, and a person who is tame as a full yom, which we'll explain momentarily, touches one of those pieces that's, again, inside of this utensil. If we're dealing with pieces of a carbon, it's carbon material, Allah is that the fact that the distinct pieces are all in one utensil, halachically joins them together. We view them as if they're a part of one attached unit. And as a result, every last piece of carbon that's in this utensil will be disqualified, as if the Tfuyom person touched that piece. So Tfuyom refers to a person who contracted Tumat, he touched the dead Sharetz, but he went to the mikvah. He performed his Tfilah, his immersion, and so he is well along the way of his purification process, but it's not complete yet. He's only completely pure upon nightfall. So in this kind of interim stage, between immersion and nightfall, he's called Tfuyom. He's a person who immersed that day, but again, isn't fully pure yet. What's the law of a tfuyom? If a tfuyom touches non-holy food, then he doesn't disqualify, but if he touches any holy food, truma or a piece of carbon, then he renders that piece of food as disqualified. It becomes puzzle. Now, the word puzzle in the laws of tumma carries the connotation that the piece itself is disqualified, can be eaten, but it, it's not tame to the point that it could pass along tumma to another piece. And thus, in our case, if we have a bunch of pieces of a carbon inside of a utensil, 
a Tfilion person touches one of the pieces, it would appear that the other pieces should not become disqualified, even if you have your second piece touching that first piece. That fact doesn't make the second piece disqualified, based on what we just said. Because if something's merely considered disqualified, it can't pass along to something else. The Mishnah is saying that with regards to this more stringent holiness level of Kodesh V'Karbin, we regard all of the pieces as if it's one unit, and thus we regard as if the Tfuyom touched each and every piece, so that they're all disqualified. The Mishnah says, But this stringency does not apply to a case of maybe a bunch of pieces of truma in a utensil, and Tfuyom touched one of them. We don't say that the fact that they're all in one utensil joins them together halachically, so it's as if he touched each and every piece. No, only the piece he actually touched is disqualified, none of the others. The next stringency of Kodesh over Truma is that regarding the chain of Tuma, the maximum number of steps that we can find ourselves away from the original source of Tuma, here as well we find the stringency that applies to Kodesh over Truma, and that is the Haravi Kodesh Pasal. The Tuma chain, when it comes to a piece of a carbon, can push out as far as Revi Latama, fourth degree Tuma. Which means you have the original source of the Toma, say dead Sheretz, and we'll call the Sheretz 1. It's the original thing. It touched item number 2, that thing becomes Shani Latoma. Food item number 2 then touched, let's say, a piece of carbon. So that's food item number 3, which is Tommy on an even weaker level, Shlishi Latoma. If that in turn touches a piece of carbon item number 4, then that fourth item does become disqualified. The Toma affects it. Item 4 touched the piece of carbon, item 5, that wouldn't become disqualified. It stops at 4, whereas Vashlishi by Truma. As regards Truma, the Tuma chain stops at item number 3, meaning that if a piece of Truma touched the Tame item number 2 of our example, the piece of Truma, number 3, becomes disqualified, but it stops there. If that then touched another piece of Truma, that truma would not be disqualified. And one more stringency is, about truma comes to truma, the halach is, if one of a person's hands became tame. So if we're talking about the hands becoming tame, then that by definition is rabbinic tuma. There's no such thing as a biblical tuma affecting only the hands. So let's say the person touched with his hand a food or liquid that's tame. On the biblical level, that doesn't do anything. Tame food can't transmit Tuma to a person, but the Rabbanan said that if a person touches a Tame food or liquid, then uh, the hand that touched that becomes Shani Latoma. The Mishnah says that if it was only the one hand that touched the Tame food or liquid, whatever source generates Rabbinic Tuma, Chaverta Tahara. The other hand remains Tahar, unless the Tame hand became wet and then actually touched the other hand. But then another special Rabbinic rule comes into play, which says that if even a Shani Latoma touches a liquid, then uh, even though normally the way it works is that you get further and further away, you know, that's a Shani touching somebody else, so that should become a Shlishi, we would expect, but no, the abundance said, we treat it as if the liquid is a Rishon. Okay, so that would mean his wet Tame hand, which is considered a Rishon, touched the other hand, that will make the other hand uh, rabbinically Tame as a Shani Latoma, but the point is that you know, for sure if the Tame hand is dry, and even if it touches the other hand, it's nothing. And uh, even if it's wet, as long as he, to his knowledge, didn't touch the other hand, 
The other hand is fine. He doesn't have to do anything as far as purifying the other hand. Whereas Uba Kodesh, if he wants to handle Kodesh, a piece of a carbon, the halacha is that as soon as one hand becomes rabbinically tameh, before he may handle a piece of carbon, he would have to immerse both hands in a mikvah, which is the only valid way of purifying tameh hands for the purpose of Kodesh. Because here we have another rabbinic stringency of Kodesh over Truma, and that is that the Rabbanan said that as soon as one hand becomes rabbinically Tameh, the other hand must be considered Tameh as well. It means in the event that his one Tameh hand became wet, we then have to be stringent, worry about the possibility that he absentmindedly touched the other hand and made it Tameh. In addition, in the case of Kodesh, if his hand remained dry, but he did touch the other hand for sure, in that case too, we're stringent, and he would have to purify both hands. How does one purify his hands for the sake of Kodesh? He immerses them in a mikvah.